If as you came in this morning, you did not get one of these sheets, you did not know to do that, raise your hand right now and one of our members is going to give you theirs. If you don't have one of these sheets for the reading of Scripture, raise your hand, we're going to get you one. All together then, your voice and mine. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Will you be seated please and find a Bible and turn to John chapter 20 for a larger study. It's a curious story filled with small details that only matter to an eyewitness. Who ran faster? Who went in first? What they saw? What it meant to them? This is not a myth that's clearly established. Myths never have those kinds of tiny little details in them. But it's also not science. It doesn't ask to answer some of the things that a scientist or a skeptic would like to know. When exactly did Jesus live again? Midnight? Early morning just before the ladies got there? And how? How did that miracle happen at a molecular, cellular level? How do cells that have been decaying for many, many hours, no oxygen, no blood flow, reverse and not only reverse, but begin to find equilibrium and stability in life at a cellular level. No comments, says the scripture. What John tells instead is the story of people like us who discover, that's what it is, a discovery, a revelation, that Jesus is alive. Alive now and forever. And that that one fact changes their life for the rest of their days. That's what this is. It's a story of discovery. People digging in the truth, digging in the evidence that is here and coming to a conclusion that Jesus is really alive. Easter's a hard holiday to pin down on a calendar. Christmas is always December 25th. The 4th of July is, well, always the 4th of July. But Easter is different. It's never the same date. It's called the movable feast. The first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Clear enough? But even that doesn't answer the deeper question, does it? 
When is Easter for me? When do I experience that same power that these people did? What Paul called the power of the resurrection. When does that enter my heart and become the new first fact of my life? The answer is clear. When I learn that Jesus is alive and it begins to be the center of how I'm going to live. Jesus is alive and that's my new center. So I was just wondering this morning whether or not you would be willing to go to the tomb. Uh, It's now empty, but you'll need to investigate it for yourself. You need to get some answers for yourself. What really happened there? What really happened there? The story in John starts in the dark. The, The women go out of loyalty, not faith. They do not expect a miracle. They don't. They're like people who keep going to an old dying church just because they remember what it used to be. No expectation, no loyalty, no real faith. They just go out of loyalty. Some of you have probably visited the Holy Land and gone to Gordon's tomb. I never have, but I've gone there in my mind and I've asked myself this question. What if? What if? What if the great God, as artistic as he is strong, set in the center of human history a single event that both revealed himself and his will for all generations? What if the great God, as artistic as he is strong, set in the center of human history one moment that revealed himself and his will? At that same time, validating the ministry and words of his own dear son, saying he is who he says he is. This is the Son of God. This is the Savior of the world. What if God had one moment to say that? What would that mean to you? What would it change about your life if you decided that answer? Now, you'll need to linger there if you go to the tomb. Peter and John leave... I never can imagine what they needed to do that sent them home. Did they have an H-E-B run? Why would you leave? But Mary stays. Thank the Lord. You know, don't you, that the great contest of your spiritual life is your schedule. Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. Those who don't, don't. And I'm sorry you're so busy. I'm busy too, but it's mostly our own fault. Because again and again, in choice after choice, we declare that there are a lot of other things more important than finding God. There are a lot of things that have to be taken care of, a lot of things putting pressure on us, a lot of things that need my attention now. Lord, I'll get back to you. I I promise I'll get back to you. And we race off without lingering long enough to know this dear God on the terms of his own pace. I don't have time, we say, but you do. You really do. My favorite thing about the Ebenezer Courtyard is the brass plaque that says on the fourth street side, you go out there and you see it. Early in the morning, rising up a great while before day, Jesus went out to a lonely place and he prayed. That's what Easter was for him. That's when it will be for you. When you go out there, you start talking to a, uh, this God, you'll need to listen for him to call your name. Uh, 
verse 16 of this text. We didn't read it a minute ago, but you can see it. Supposing him to be the gardener, she says to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will carry him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Now there's no way I can say that word with all the power that it had that day. When Jesus said her name, all the memories of her past, all the demons that were cast out of her, her immoral life, her life of great regret, and the clean feeling that she got when they were cast away, all of that came back in an instant. Mary had a personal relationship with God. I can too. Actually, that's what he's intended for everybody in here your whole life. That you would know God personally and that he would evidence that on his side. To know him in your daily experience and to know that he knows you. What would it be if he called your name and in that one word you knew that he knew all about you? All your sin, all the sorrow, all that you had been created for from the very beginning. He, he captured that by calling you your name. Now, if it just was here, suppose I maybe wouldn't tell this story, but it happens again and again in Scripture. In Exodus, Moses turns to look at a bush that's burning. He's puzzled. He's hungry for God. And from the burning bush, God says, Moses, you came. Moses, let's talk about the past years of your life, and let's talk about what I have for you. You'll need to go to the tomb. You'll need to get some of those questions. You'll need to linger there around these spiritual concerns, and you'll need to listen for him to call your name. What would that be Easter morning if in this service he began to call your name and you knew he'd been pursuing you for years, that he knows you better than you know you, and that he has this plan, dear and permanent and real? Um, Let go. That will be the next step. Verse 17, Jesus says, Stop clinging to me, Mary. I have not yet ascended to the Father. You go tell the brothers. Say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary probably has fallen on her knees. She is hugging his legs as if to to say, I am never going to let you go. I am so glad that it's going to be again what it used to be like. But Jesus' agenda is opposite. Things are going to change quickly now, and he knows that. He is going to ascend to the Father in radiant glory. He, as a man, is going to be seated at the right hand of the High One. There from that place, he's going to pour out into the world the Holy Spirit, another representative of his very life, and a new chapter of mission is going to begin. The requirement of faith, let go now, let go. I wonder this morning whether or not you are willing to let life be what it will be rather than what you want it to be. I wonder if you could let it go and let it be where God would steer it. If you just stopped fighting him, stopped resisting, stopped fearing, and you said, I want what you want. I want it to be what you are calling me to be. It's part pride. It's part fear. It's part stubbornness that we think we know our own lives better than he does. But 
I wonder how life would change if you knew, really knew, that he was alive and that he loved you. And that he'd come for you. And he knew your name and was calling you to himself this morning. Parents, could you give your children to him more easily? Those who struggle, could you take his counsel on those things that have defeated you so long? Could you stop living in such crash position, so afraid that life might be a failure, that you're guaranteeing that it's going to be a failure? Could you let go and let the great God guide you forward into a plan that you never imagined? Can you stop being so obsessive, so compulsive, so driven, Can you let go this morning? Easter is not a holiday for people who like things the way they always were. Easter is not a holiday for people who who like things the way they always were. It is instead a call from God for you to come join His team in the greatest adventure that the universe has ever known. Come join me, my brother. We're going to make a new world. Come join me, my sister. We're going to help people be birthed into spiritual and eternal life. Come give your life to me. Come walk with me. Get forward. That'll be the last. I don't think the Bible ever says let go if you mean go limp or become passive or assume victim status. Easter people figure out pretty fast that the great God, risen, has an assignment for them in a world that is even being made this morning. This world isn't finished. The outcome isn't certain. The outcome isn't completely finished. There's still wars to be fought, spiritual wars. There are families to be raised. raised. There are churches to be built. There are nations to be saved. There are neighbors to be witnessed to. There's work to be done. And so all of a sudden, exactly what she thinks is not really what's going on. He says, let go of me, Mary. Now go tell those men. I'm certain she never one time thought of herself as a preacher. She had identified herself as a recipient of God's grace, but not a communicator. The scripture says your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. They're going to walk out in this world and say, thus saith the Lord, to people who will believe. Go tell those men, Jesus told her, that God has changed the spiritual environment of the universe. And now my Father is your Father. You don't have to relate to Him through me. He's your God now. Because of the work of the cross, you can go straight to Him. My God is your God. We're in this together as one. The union that Jesus prayed for is now accomplished. When she got back to the house, poor Mary forgot everything he had told her to say. She walked in and she blurted, I have seen the Lord. I like that. I, I hardly ever say what should be said when it should be said. Often I think, you know what I should have told him? You know what I should have said? But I believe the Lord is more pleased with your stumbling attempts to tell his story than your alternate plan to be perfect someday. Go ahead, get forward, dear friends.
tell this story. Even your mistakes will be sweet to him because he will know it's coming from your heart. One of the great paradoxes of the Christian faith is that you will need to search for God. He has placed much evidence in the creation, in your conscience, in the church, in the testimony of Christian friends. But he's not going to make it to such an extent that it will overwhelm you. He is not going to force you to love him. He's going to woo you. He's going to call you to himself and watch for that moment where you say, if you are there, I want to know you. I want to have a personal and full and holy and happy relationship with you. And I'm going to start that search today. You're going to need to go to the tomb, linger there, listen for your name, let go, find the faith to get forward every step. And you will discover when you do, the strange thing is he's been looking for you all along. It's like a tunnel that's dug from two sides of a mountain. You are looking for God and he's been looking for you and it it meets at that moment where you realize he really is alive and he loves me and he is calling me to himself. When that happens, life will be better. You will find uh, a wholeness that you never knew before. It, it, It somehow makes sense, not only your joys but your sorrows. Because it isn't just about this life, it's also about the next. Uh, Is Jesus alive? Is he here? When you get that answer for yourself, we call it Easter. Let's pray together. So, Lord, I I know there are a thousand stories going on in this room, a thousand different stories stories that you've tracked personally and things that have been grievously wrong in our lives and things that we're ashamed of and things that have been exactly right because you put them there by your grace. So bring that together for some today or many, some who watch on television or through internet stream or in this room. Bring it together and call them to yourself to life Uh, Roll the stone away. Let them walk free this morning. Come help us, Lord. Uh, Bring glory to yourself by the salvation of men and women and boys and girls and families and nations.